The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, it is uh, good to be with you uh, as we work our way through the typical, whew, what is it, Daniel? Like the the aftershocks of Microsoft Ignite and, and what has landed in the message center. Yeah. Wow, aftershocks is like an earthquake. <laughs> Well, we wanted to remain true to the the nature of our show because on some great occasions where we managed to do this in-person at Ignite, we'd always cover the messages and then we'd talk about stuff at Ignite. So we are going to talk about the messages because some of it has actually been talked about at Ignite and now it's Mm -hmm. sort of arriving already. Yes, I think. Yeah. uh, Well, and some of the things that were talked about at Ignite have already been in play Mm. Uh, so in one form or another. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it'll be good to discuss those as well as we move forward. Yeah. So, I mean, our first one, yes. this is a actually really snazzy one I'm excited about with uh, bringing new features, which is something that I'm hopeful for and cross my fingers for for stream. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, this new feature and functionality is giving me some hope. Definitely. Um, it's actually something that, that we find useful when we go back over videos and video creation. Uh, so it's good to see something like this coming into our organization. Stream on SharePoint viewership retention, MC296612. Um, so it's good to see the first time we've seen a message where it's calling out stream on SharePoint, making it really clear. Yes, people, we are shifting into uh, that space. What is viewership retention? Well, it's about looking at how people are viewing your video and how long they are remaining engaged. As in, are they still watching or have they left? <laughs> That's really the, the, big, um, the big measurements there. So uh, it's, uh, look, it's easier to just look down here at the charts to begin with. Um, we have uh, one typical video where um, this is, this is retention in terms of you've published the video and how many viewers have you got over certain days. So that's nice. It means that we can see, okay, on the 28th of October that we got, uh, what's that, 10, 11 video viewers, right? So this is, again, this is a demo environment. But uh, what's really useful here is viewer retention during the video. And this is magical. This is when you're watching and someone sort of drops off or um, the interesting things here about peaks where, hang on, how can how can it peak there? Did, did someone join partway through the video and viewership drop off? And so that sort of thing happens when um, you might have put a, when I uh, watch. <laughs> a bookmark. Hey? It's when I watch because that's how I watch videos. I generally don't start at the beginning. Uh, when it loads, I will click in the middle okay. to see if something, if it's a value, if if there's talking and not showing or whatever, yeah. and then I'll go back to the beginning. Yeah, That's well, actually how I watch it. Raises a good question, doesn't it? That it, as you open that video up, is it measuring you there um, as you're a viewer and you're remaining engaged? And if you're jumping through to the video, is that why it dips and comes back? It would be good to hear what that means. But... For someone who is presenting 
uh, maybe it's a webinar internally or a recording of something you've done uh, externally as well, but you've, you've got the recording in SharePoint. Then um, you could probably go through and look at those particular times and say, what were we covering during that video? How can we improve? And so that's, that's the main measurement there. The good thing about this is this message comes with a really good support um, article. So let's just have a quick look at that. Um, viewership retention chart, how to use it, how viewership is, is measured, how do we access the viewership retention chart, uh, what else we've got there? Hover your name, okay, so file permissions, and I think you can see viewership details in there too. So yeah, a lot of lot of good information here around the viewership retention. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's stuff. that's good stuff exactly. Uh, just going back to our other view of this, it's going to be coming out shortly, beginning to roll out late November. Expect to roll out complete mid-December. Enjoy. Indeed. Let's move to Teams, Daniel. Let's do it. So this is our Teams uh, announcement section. Mm -hmm. First up, chat with users with Teams personal accounts, MC296208. And like the title says, this is talking about chatting with those that are using Teams, but with personal accounts. If you'll remember, you can use Teams and use personal accounts, Microsoft personal accounts to uh, log in and, and this is going to allow you to chat with those that are using it. Now, uh, this is rolling out early December uh, and expected to be done by mid-December, so quickly uh, in that time frame, and that's for everybody. Um, and you are able to control this, so don't freak out if for, if for some reason you start thinking, whoa, personal and business, they shouldn't mix you are able to turn this off in the, uh, there's a, gonna be in the admin portal, the Teams admin portal, be able to change it. You could also use PowerShell to do this. The uh, kicker, and this is should feel uh, familiar to those that use Skype. We could do this in Skype before. Uh, so it's not unprecedented for this to happen. I don't want you to, Personally, I don't feel like this is as big a deal as some people have made it out to be. It's just another thing you have to make a decision decision on. Are you going to allow your users to do this? Mm. If so, who? Which users? Yeah. All users? A subset of users that you you can you're going to allow? Um, and if you're going to allow, make sure that you're governing teams appropriately, right? That you're using your labels for data. That you're you know. You're doing you know, what you're supposed to do anyway with securing your content, um, and you have your policy set. So uh, if you don't allow it, fine. But if you do, then you know, yes, you have to think about, am I doing this the right way? I would suggest leaving it on, but again, securing your data and, and your uh, content uh, the right way. Uh, so that's it, I think. Yeah. Um, Any, what do you think, Daryl? Well, it, I mean, are we are we ending the world here because we're allowed no, personal chat? Uh, and like, uh, sadly, I'll tell you why. Uh, there's not too many people that are using Teams Personal today. It's not like when we brought Skype for Business in and there were millions of Skype users. Yeah. Uh, and that the benefit there was, if you wanted to bring in a customer and have a conversation, then you could do that from your business business environment and be able to engage in sort of customer support like that. 
um, today, there aren't too many personal users of Teams. So that's the first thing you don't have to worry about. Um, I think also, yeah, it's it's just going to be another way to engage with, with customers if they use that as a product. To be honest, at this stage, it feels more like it's going to be more beneficial to the team's personal um, adoption rate. So yeah, like uh, let's move on to our next message, which is um, still in Teams, still in our section there on Teams. So sorry about that, Daniel. I forgot the headers. I missed my stream moment. You're doing um, great. <laughs> Multi-language Teams meeting invite control MC two nine six two zero five. Interesting one. This one. Um, I want to start by just taking a look at the invite. So let's do that because it's easier to see it as a picture to begin with. Telling the story. Here we go. So we have a typical meeting invite uh, to a Teams meeting. We can see uh, the meeting invite in English if that is the chosen language uh, that you use Office in. And that's what Teams does is it knows your language and when you create your invite, it's going to send it out with that language. Uh, but this update is going to allow administrators to configure a second language. So you can have your primary language and a secondary language. Um, they can configure it at the user level, at a group level, at the organizational level. So again, it'll be using policies. Uh, it, I think it's good in the sense that if you do have um, a need to address like a, a, a second national language where there is that um, aim that the government have to to try and honor that then that's great too but i think what it's missing here daniel is the audience might change so if i am french for example and i'm sending something off to i know my audience is going to be german then i don't get to choose the language at that level what do you think about it yeah it's it's not targeted Right. Mm. It's, it's not a you're not able to say uh, if the person's default language is this, do this or mm -hmm. say, like you said, I'm sending this to a German audience or a German speaking audience. I want this all in German. Um, you're right. I think this is, you know, defaults for what you were just saying. What are the uh, requirements for your organization? Uh, Canada comes to mind straight mm. away. Being English and French, uh, that that both of those needed. So I would think every Canadian organization is going to enable this for those two languages at least, right? You know the other user uh, impact to this. What's that? The invites oh, yes. are going to get a whole lot longer. A whole lot longer. <laughs> uh, scroll down. Keep scrolling. Yeah. You will find your language eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think like I know that we're solutionizing here, but. Uh, perhaps another better way to do this is drive it from the Outlook point of view, that when someone receives a message, that it either gives you a little button to say, translate this to your language, or I know the language you've chosen on your machine, so I'm going to change it. Um, I think uh, Hilda's awesome. keen and seen it in Belgian. I'm sorry, I, I didn't get that organized for the demo, but uh, yeah, maybe that'll be one of the languages. I expect it will. Uh, is Belgian a language, or do they speak French? Uh, where I don't know. Maybe you can answer that question, Hilda. I, I just painted Please. myself into a corner there. <laughs> um, 
That's uh, and uh, next message. So <laughs> for such an international audience, we totally should know that we're yeah, terribly we sorry. But moving right along, <laughs> <laughs> we're mo- <laughs> to the uh, next team's uh, message is expanded reactions in Microsoft Teams MC two nine six two zero four. And this is rolling out standard release mid-January. So we're going to be waiting a little while and expected late January. And then actually coming to government. Uh, and you, we could see the schedule there starting in mid-January for GCC and ending with DOD by late March. And it is what it is, uh, what, it, <laughs> what it said, which is expanding those reactions that we'll be able to uh, react on chat messages. And it's going to be promising over 800 Teams emojis Mm. to express yourselves. And this will be available on Teams desktop apps, the Teams mobile, and Teams web. So you can see a little bit of of that on the screenshot there. Well, uh, yes, screenshots. So so here's, I think those are the the Windows 11 ones, right? That come Uh, in through Teams as well. I th- I'm not entirely sure you're Well, let's correct. have a look at today's ones. Because I don't know. Let's uh, have a look at these ones. So those are going to change. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. So that means I could I could respond with a, meh, I'm, I'm emo about this. That is definitely an emo. Uh, there's <laughs> other ones you could respond with mm. as well that um, maybe... You know, people like Daryl would think about responding to messages. Don't do it, Daryl. No, no, I um, won't. I won't. But I do want to show this full screen because it does it does actually raise a point about um, the plethora yes, the, it, of messages and sorry reactions. Check that out. Yeah, and will they expand it? Because it is uh, with so many reactions that are going to be available. Will they expand it? Now, Teams is not the first. Uh, application to have to deal with this whole emoji deal. So let's mm-hmm. not let's not kid ourselves. This is not unique to yeah. the platform. Um, so that's that's not it. It's just that you know we are kind of used to in Teams only having a few and then you know plus whatever afterwards. So mm. anyway, it'll be interesting. I, let's express ourselves, people. Communication is key. Yes. Sometimes an emoji is what is needed. It, it takes me back to hieroglyphic days when I used to draw on walls and, um, uh, you know, write great psalms and stories and songs on, on walls with pictures. Now I'm doing it with emoji. What? Yeah. Um, let's move on <laughs> to the next team's announcement, which is, uh, I think, brings up, a, your last comment brings up a lot of questions. It, and this oh, nice. feature will help with Very it. Very nice. Okay. Yes, questions and answers. Uh, maybe we could have a more structured conversation about this. Q&A in Teams, now in public preview, MC296194. Uh, this is something that we have been used to seeing in live events up until this point, where you do want to have a structured conversation. You are running a webinar, you're presenting something, and you're inviting questions, but you have control over this as a producer or presenter, where you can see the questions that have been submitted, work your way through them and say, yep, I like that one. I'm going to publish that so that everyone can see it and then I might answer it on camera. Or you can answer it privately. 
Um, and lastly, you can dismiss those inappropriate questions. Well, this great feature is coming to Teams meetings, which are becoming more and more like live events and becoming fuller featured. So I like to see this coming. Um, it is actually, no, there's no screenshots. I was going to try and jump into the, the Teams preview environment to show you what that looks like. So maybe in the next show, we'll, we'll show you that. Uh, but it is going to be super useful. And it, I think, Daniel, like, let's say that you and I were running a panel discussion, Q&A. Um, we'd be best to try and share that role, right, as we tag around and manage those questions. First of all, I want to say if we were running a session, it would it would be awesome and would rock. But, yes, I think, you know, you want to tag team with that, uh, that role. Because... Mm. Um, and I experienced this recently where you have screeds and screeds of questions that have been dropped in chat and it just <laughs> keeps bubbling up. And we've been, we've had to put up with that for ages as people put in questions and we're all trying to respond and people are actually on camera uh, trying to talk to those questions. And sometimes with an IT audience, those questions have three parts. We know the story. It mm -hmm. becomes difficult to just read it. Just give me five minutes while I digest that question. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you've got that structured Q&A, you can have someone help you out filtering that, pulling over questions that are going to be good ones to answer. And the person who's presenting can focus more on the content and offering a, a quality uh, presentation, engaging presentation. So this is going to be available public preview, which is now really, that's kind of what I wanted to say. I wanted to show it to you in uh, Teams public preview, but I... Mm -hmm. Don't think I've been able to click over and do that. Don't get in trouble. Ooh, oh, it's there, but look, I'm not going to make you wait. Maybe, hey, do you want to do like just a a callback, the fastest callback we've ever done? We'll do that at the end of the show. Let's get on to the next message. But About time. We'll, we'll come back to this later. Okay. About time. And, and so this one is... Uh, all about Office, so it's not about Teams, so we're moving right along. Uh, this is Office.com updates, MC295863, and I'm going to pause here so that everyone can go down and, and in uh, YouTube, you can click the thumbs up button. Go ahead and do that right now. Okay, great. And then make sure you're subscribed. You're watching, right, Daniel? Yes, I'm watching every one of you. Do it right now. And then I want you to do like a, your best headbanger move like just headbang to hit the bell so that you're reminded when we go live yeah all right that helps. so on to the message this is office.com being updated rolling out uh it, the targeted release in in november so mm -hmm. now-ish maybe i don't know and expect to complete by mid-december and then standard customers beginning in july in january sorry this is a revamp of the homepage of office.com. Right now, when you go to office.com, you see recommended section at the top. You can, that wonderful install button uh, for install office. And then you see your content below. You can filter the content by searching. Uh, but, you know, there's really not a whole lot of options when you do a filter. You can do by my, my recent, shared, or favorites. But... That's what it is right now. Um, but in the future, what's going to happen is you're going to have those recommended actions at the top is going to involve things like meeting um, notices for uh, 
you know, the meeting that's happening right now for um, the content where you mentioned so you can reply right there. Uh, tasks that you know you may have missed so having being able to add a to-do um, right all there in those but it's re recommended actions and then an, another improvement that we're going to have is the filtering so being able to filter that content in a way that is more uh, it's not just those labels that we have there we're going to be able to do a better filtering job uh, to narrow down the content this is really all about helping you to um, get work done, ease mm. of use, find your content easier uh, within office.com. So this is, um, I, I think this is a good improvement. I'm mm. hopeful that, you know, they'll continue to improve, but I think this is a good improvement. Um, and then the last thing I want to kind of call out for this message is, uh, it's really weird that at the bottom uh, there's a, uh, link TBD for the support article. It's not even in the message. It's just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna throw that in there at some point. Um, so that's right. That's, yeah. You know, the the one th I would like to have seen the other screenshot of the my content view. Mm -hmm. um, I did have a, a shot of it from somewhere at Ignite, but yeah. um, that's that's gorgeous. So you know, we're yes. we're we're constantly thinking about. What was the conversation I had with someone? Where was I working on it? Which platform? I think yes. office.com is now going to become more like that, more fully functioning search page of where to find that stuff. And Indeed. look, I find search in Teams pretty difficult for finding that file, that conversation, that whatever. So mm -hmm. I think office.com might do a better job for, for that sort of thing with content. Indeed, I agree with you that, like I said, those filters are going to be that powerful uh, force for you to find that content because frankly uh, there it, our content's everywhere so finding that where did I talk to them was it in teams was it an email mm. where where is that information it's coming to us easier and then the next message sir is all about insights as well but in a different product yeah um, and this uh, is certainly one that the community wanted to know about because it is super confusing when you read it uh, Viva Insights Manager Insights. It, what? Okay. MC29 Now, we are the Message Center show, so we do make a comment occasionally about messages and quality of message. And this one doesn't leave us with a lot of confidence about the message. Um, grammatical issues, all sorts of places. Teams, little t, big t. What are we talking about? The team or the team or the big team? Let's get on with it and try and decipher what it is. So. Daniel and I actually spent a good amount of time yesterday on our planning call trying to boil this down to a simple way to explain it. So I'm, I'm not necessarily going to read through the message, but I'll call out some highlights about what it's trying to get across. We are shifting to Viva Insights. Now Viva uh, was, Microsoft Viva was announced as GA at Ignite. They have a new plan which uh, bundles everything together for $9 per user per month. What the concern here is that the community has is, look, if we've been enjoying using my analytics and personal insights, um, what does that mean for shifting to Viva insights? And that's not what this message is about. This is calling out more specifically what paid users are getting out of workplace analytics and what they'll be shifting to with Viva insights. Um, so the, this is about completing that shift getting away from my analytics 
um, you are still going to have access to those personal insights for free. You'll be able to go into Teams, you'll see those insights. You can even click a button and go off to a separate site and see your personal insights. That's not going to disappear. For those organizations that have been paying a license for workplace analytics, they would have seen, or managers would have seen, uh, a leadership tab in the Teams app. And that meant that they could see any of their direct reports, um, you know, rolled up kind of statistics around how people are engaging with meetings and whether they're working too long and, and those sorts of insights that help you to, to manage a team more effectively and, you know, keep, keep things focused. Um, so that is what is going to be shifting. And really the, the question here is that as we move to using Viva Insights, this new license, if you've been using workplace analytics in the past, what we're not sure of in terms of this message is, is that switch going to happen automatically? Or do you have to deprovision your license for workplace analytics and now buy the new Viva Insights license that gives you management um, type functionality. Daniel, what are your thoughts on this? I I think you're right. You know, from when we talked about this yesterday, it was what is going on with this? And there was some illusions of this saying something it didn't, but it also is, isn't very clear on things where we're talking about licensing and what's required and what's in, involved. I, I think we have to pay attention to what Microsoft has announced will be included with the Microsoft Viva licensing versus what is included in the Microsoft 365 licensing. Mm. And I think rather than taking what is said here as the absolute, I mean, it's truth, but make sure you just follow that licensing table and say, this is what is included and the uh, making sure that you understand uh, how that plays into it. We're not losing functionality, it appears. Okay, we're, we're staying with, if you're using those free analytics, um, you're still getting those insights, sorry. Uh, you're still getting those insights, you know, they're not being removed. And, uh, but the manager insights is where, mm. um, is what this is talking about. And uh, it, we're still kind of unclear on if the license will automatically switch or if you're gonna have to manually switch it to Viva from, um, from what you've had before, but um, this this my analytics that content is still going to be there. The the free content that you keep mm -hmm. getting, that the daily briefing email, those Viva, um, the monthly digest email, you know, all of that you're still going to get. Yep, yep. Um, so let's uh, see how that uh, boils out. I think, yeah, I, personally, I think that the the licensing switch is going to be a manual job. That's what I think. Unfortunately. Yep. Um, look, while we are here, let's let's try and uh, do the fastest callback we've ever done on the show. <laughs> well, that's a... Do you like risk, Daniel? Oh, wow, this is risky. <laughs> it is risky, um, partly because I wonder... Okay, so what we're going to show here is maybe what Q&A looks like. I'm going to try and just get a quick meeting going with myself because that happens a lot. I meet with myself. I just want to make sure that I've chosen the right devices here for cameras. Oh, yeah, I've turned myself gray, so there we go. That's all right. We'll just turn that one over there. 
So now I'll, I'll get it to use my internal camera. I think you're going to lose the, lose the uh, award for the fastest callback ever. Oh, really? Oh, uh, really? Um, let's see. Let's start up a meeting. Uh, we'll invite a couple of people to it. Oops. L-O-R. M-E-T. Make this real quick. For most of these things, when we're, we're scheduling meetings, um, we have to schedule the meeting and send it. And then add the details, or then add the app. Have you ever noticed that, Daniel? I have, yes. Yeah. So now we have to go back in and go. Okay, I intend to add Q and A to my meeting. So this is an app that we add to our tab. We go Q. Come on, come on, give me the list. Here we go. Oh, there it is at the top. Q and A. Hey, hop. All right, add that. Supported languages, not bad. Quite a good list. This Q&A experience is powered by Microsoft Yammer and customized for Teams. So I think I saw that in the chat from some people. Yep, that's true. So we've got a couple of things we can configure here. Um, let's say we wanted to, um, well, at least allow people to ask questions. That's the minimum. Yeah, of course. Do we want them to be able to respond to those conversations so they can respond to that question and it's in a thread so that's pretty cool uh, but this last option here do we want to moderate that means that we get that ability to um, see them previewed published and then dismissed whereas if we leave that unticked questions are going to go straight through and then um, it's over to us to to answer them i think this third option here is really good if you expect to have a whole lot of questions and you want to have some management over that capability so it's easier for the presenter so let's save that option. Let's see what we can do here. I don't think I'll have time to get Matt or Laura into this meeting, but let's see if we can run this without people actually joining. Interesting here, right? It's right here in the chat. And I think we still will have chat, but rather it's right here mm -hmm. in the meeting beforehand. Joining, joining, joining. I think I saw a... Um, request for viva las vegas because they miss that whenever you sing that daniel <clears throat> i'm not entirely sure our audience misses that when i when i don't sing okay yeah here we go here's the q a tab um so you will still have chat and i think that's part of the confusion okay if you're going to run q a you will need to tell your audience please use the q a tab it's open here and you can ask a question. Uh, can I do this? Can I? Can I really? Oh, I've got like rich text formatting. Um, it is defaulting to a question type. So this is Yammer in the background, remember, and you can set it up to be just a post or a question. Let's just post that. Can we do anything else in here? Add a link, unordered list. Right, so for those of you who like to ask your three-part questions, uh, Second, Just don't do it. No, second question. You know, uh, honestly, like, if you've been on the receiving end of that, um, that's hogging the mic and it's difficult to answer. Anyway, we'll post that. Ba-boom. So people can like it. They can respond to it. So that means it's going to be um, a threaded convo, which is pretty cool. Nice. Oh, and then there's a marker's best answer. 
So this is super powerful, isn't it? What it do you is. think, Daniel? It is, yeah, it's totally powerful. I mean, yeah. this is this is good stuff in your straight meeting. You know that you're going to be able to manage Q and A, um, like kind of like you could do with a that live event, mm. but in a chat, so that or in a in a meeting, so in a method that gets that information out to your users. But there's also chat. They're able to engage. Um, I this is a great way to use to have that functionality in a meeting. So do I win the award for the fastest callback? Highly I... unlikely because it took five minutes, but oh. um, <clears throat> but I love your green um, howling yeah. leftover video that you have going there. You know how that, that uh, happens when when I've got the camera in use and Teams wants to use it as well. So it's, it's just a greedy thing. I've turned green with greedy. Greed. So everyone, right now, uh, share this video right now. I want to see it on Twitter, please. Put a hashtag 365MCS so I'll see it and I will like it and I will love it. Go ahead and share it right now on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Go ahead. Hit the Going share green. button. It's easy. Just hit the share button. It's right there. Go ahead and do that. Uh, we'd love to have you follow us on social as 365MCS on all the socials, not TikTok, but all the other ones. And uh, we'd love to hear your comments and thoughts. So feel free to leave your comments in YouTube or in your favorite uh, app that you're listening to the audio podcast on. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching today. We hope you come back next time. Bye for now.